podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. As you know, this is the uh, greatest Star Trek podcast on the planet Earth that also includes any systems that may or may not be involved with Earth in the future. So, pretty much we're the best ever. Thanks so much. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I am not your daughter. Whoa. Hmm. A little Maury Povich action happening there, huh? Deep Space Kira Nine is not the daughter. Mott the Barber, remember? remember? Mott the Barber, that's right. I needed it explained to me because I was not a Povich wonderful, fan. Wonderful uh, patrons. That's right. Um, exciting stuff. If you, uh, if you wanted to, I don't know, witness a train wreck, you could have been with us for our live stream this past weekend. <laughs> uh, it was really something. Everything you expect from this podcast... But like times twelve. I mean, it's when you're when you want when you're saying to yourself, "Hey, I want a live feed. I want to see this, except live." We really, we really over delivered. We, I mean, <laughs> so not only was there technical problems which prevented us from completing the entire episode in one sitting, but uh, Andy and I got into a classic Matt and Andy fight. Yeah, that just resolved itself, and we moved along fine. <laughs> We don't we don't tend to cut them out anyway, but uh, I know. This one, but it's this like one was one was like so unpleasant for all concerned. <laughs> oh, I know, but it was like totally fine. Yeah, in the end, sure. Yeah, of course. Because as always, first of all, I would like to go back and listen to it and see: Are we agreeing again? Is this an argument? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a classic. If you are a President Circle member, you can watch the. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to, but the replays are there. On Patreon.com. Now, all of the... uh, We we cut some... There was like an hour of stuff where it's... Oh, yeah. If you're in... No, no. But the the President's Circle members can still watch that video. The video... It's cut out of the audio of the podcast. It's cut out of the audio of the podcast. It's cut out of the audio. But in the video is like literally us trying to figure it out. Oh, for an hour. And Andy's like, Andy's like trying to like vamp while I'm like restarting my computer 800 times. And Matt is getting Truly. angry at me that I'm vamping. And then I froze at oh, a certain no, point. Oh, no, I wasn't getting angry. I thought you were getting was... mad that I was, that I was oh. reading the comments and trying to fill time. Oh, I didn't care. That was great. I was mad at my computer for not doing what I wanted it to do. Well, in any event, at some point in the face group, they, they posted a picture of me that I was, while I was vamping at some point, I froze. Matt jumped off and they were just <laughs> looking at a frozen picture of me. And then the next day when we tried to get the stream up and to like two days later to finish the episode to talk about Strange New Worlds finale, uh, we, I, I thought I'd solve the technical issues. And then hilariously, Andy had me muted but didn't know. So, like, he could hear himself. So everyone else could hear both of us, but I couldn't yeah. hear him. and it was so very funny. 
Anyway, it's all there for you. Head over to Patreon.com if you want that. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be doing some more live ones coming up uh, for all you wonderful President Circle type folks. I was going to ask you, Matt, I don't know if this is the place. Did you want to do a uh, Strange New World wrap-up episode? Sort of addressing I mean, those are easier because there's no clips to play, so that's the most complicated thing gone from my plate. <laughs> that is true. It's, the audio uh, of it is just a pain in the ass. It's just but hails. I guess we could do it live do also it. if we really wanted to punish ev- ourselves and everyone else. I'd say let's punish ourselves and everyone else. We'll do another live one. All right. Uh, what is today? August 16th. We'll do it before the end of August. Right. And uh, everyone check those, check your Patreon inboxes, if that's a thing. Whatever it is you receive messages from. <laughs> usually just post. I think it goes to their emails, though. Great. In the meantime, let's get this Deep Space Nine going with a little bit of the Admirals Club. Andy, I wanted you to tell everybody in here whether or not you'd watch the episode. So, <laughs> oh, no, that's like interesting. You wanted to switch it up. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I said, let's get out of the corridor because they get the whole episode out there anyway. So let's just do this sure, part in here. Sure. <laughs> Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, really infective noir. I said infective. <laughs> yeah, you did say infective. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like the Cardassians are a virus, and then we rediscover them in the past. Sounds like me wanting you to tell everybody whether or not to <laughs> yeah, watch it. In we here. All, yes, people think we make a lot of mistakes where it's really carefully <laughs> constructed steps. I mean, every, uh, it's really, you wouldn't even believe how many years in advance we have the show planned. Like, exactly <laughs> like this. All the foibles. My name isn't Andy, by the you way. you have them watch this episode? Uh, I had a good time. <laughs> Somebody make I mean, a Was it a great cut? time? No. Was it a good time? Yeah. Somebody make a supercut with no air in it of all of Matt's reactions. I think it's just going to be one. It's almost like a long sigh, I think is what it will sound like. I mean, that's any any stretch of me talking sounds like a long sigh. Uh, now, uh, should I just start the Admirals Club? Or should well, I we're ask in Matt? it already. Well, we're then I might here. as well just ask you, Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Uh, right through that door, Andy. Right behind Apparently us. so. Yeah. Uh, post a five-star review wherever podcast reviews are accepted even in places they aren't just write it say five stars star trek next conversation and then whatever else content you can fill it whatever if you don't like our show let everybody know but give us five stars thank you we're uh we're now opening up uh to you know post it anywhere you think it's going to help the show tweet it uh to your to all your followers put it in a in a in a star trek uh facebook group other than the face group uh, Jeffrey's musical hologram had a kind of a clever way of approaching it uh, because he gave us a five-star review in our Patreon. <laughs> mm, clever. I like it. Review five stars. I give this podcast five out of five stars. Mark and Andre are great hosts. Anyone who reads this post should definitely consider checking out this podcast. How does he know our real names? That's what I was going to say. My, na- oh my, my name isn't actually Andy. My name is Andre. And oh, I thought you were Mark. Like, yeah. Well, now I'm through two Real levels twist. deep Real in my. Twist. Yes. Uh, these are just characters that we've created that are incompetent. Uh, nicknamed uh, sends an interview uh, titled Engaging. Engaging. 
That was more accurate way of doing it. This yeah, podcast like, sounds like a cluttered desk. Matt and it, it is and ampersand is, uh, hyphen D are a couple of affable enough dudes pushing out a disheveled product surrounding a second tier spinoff of the Almighty Next Generation. That's uh, going to be a very controversial statement, uh, nicknamed. That is somehow so dang good. The first time I tuned into DS9, I, like many of you, didn't make it through the pilot. I'm delighted I gave it another shot. The first time I tuned into TNC, I forged ahead Frontier Medicine style. So far, I'm delighted I did that, too. You must have, you must have set your phasers to stun, because I'm shocked. <laughs> All right. I like it. Like, then, you know... Set your stages to stun because I'm shocked by the phaser. That's cute. I mean, yeah, it's at least I'm it's on a spin board. on. It's usually it's set your phasers to fun, and I think people usually repeat it again and again in the Admirals Club. RG three five six one sent in um, a review. I was there when Matt and Andy began this uncertain adventure together about TNG. I was there when the first jingle was requested and received. I was there. When the first President's Circle donation was received on Gmail, I was there. When Andy kept finding President Circle donations four months after the cutoff, <laughs> I was there. When the saucer section separated from the show and then crashed and burned into Viridian 3, I was there. When the Patreon was debated, then enacted, I was there. When Frank Sinatra Come On was born, I was there. When Matt got the wrong Matt's Five Guys order, I was there. When, man, when Andy hopefully oh, yeah. reads my Admiral's Club entry uh, on the show, I'll be there still confusing people around me with my random outbursts of laughter, creepy smirks at the commentary, and shouts of, Secunda! That's a classic, the Five Guys order mishap. I forgot about that. I don't even remember what happened. Uh, so there was another Matt that ordered at the same time, but he ordered, like, a shake, which I didn't want, and, like, I, you know, it was... Uh, it was now was I Bad. there? Because I would have drank the shake. I certainly would have said that. You weren't here. Yeah. No, no, no. It was uh it was over Zoom. Right. Um five Andes from Mr. Mai. I am deeply mm. embarrassed mm. of how much I, I don't listen. Know. I don't know if we can have this one. What? Because it's five he gave you five Andes. Oh well he gave us five stars still. Oh thank God. Yeah, yeah. He's okay, just tight. He's it's entitled Five Andes. No, I'm very strict about it. Good, good. Um, often I am sort of interested. Every once in a while, there's one that's like three stars, and they give an honest like evaluation of our flaws, and I'm like, interesting. <laughs> um, I'm deeply embarrassed. Like not someone who hates us, but it's just someone who wants to give an honest review. Uh, I'm deeply embarrassed of how much I listen to the Star Trek podcast, and yet somehow I also want merch. Um, may I ask Matt I think yeah. I know the answer to this I am deeply embarrassed of to me is a Philly thing because that's what Adam used deeply embarrassed by is definitely a New York thing what do you say Boston boy bye bye yeah, yeah. it feels like of is I don't know of is uh, hits me wrong yeah no it's a bye thing um almost feels like something your grandma would say um anyway that's it for the admiral's club we got some grandmas listening what's up mom how you doing hi mary All right. what do you say she probably gives us five stars i don't know though she might not honestly 
She might be like, it's like a four. Sorry. <laughs> She'd say, it's like a four. Um, let's now go to the president's circle. Shall we? Why not? The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Ah, yes, the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. It's our Patreon. Support the show. It's our only job right now, and we appreciate everyone's support. Head over there. Get yourself some bonus episodes. Get yourself some live nonsense occasionally. Uh, Just have yourself a good time. Talk to good people. Enjoy yourselves. Go to Patreon. Meanwhile, if you comment on your Priority One messaging, Andy might select it for a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's it this week? Um... Uh, I just uh, gave it to uh, to a simple one, which mm-hmm. was um, which was uh, Lieutenant Commander Malay, Historical Archives Division. It says I find it terribly cute that Andy thinks evolution is driven by what's fun for individuals in a species. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. I think I think I was saying uh, we. <laughs> I think I was saying what's fun for us, the audience, not what's fun for them, but. I can't be certain of that. Um, okay, we're in the priority one messages proper. Great, let's uh, open up that situation here. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Uh, Andy, I believe a lot of these will be referencing the rules of acquisition, which was the last episode we watched, and the uh, just a quick refresher. Grand Nagus Zek assigns Quark to initiate negotiations with the planet in the Gamma Quadrant, but Quark's new associate is not what they seem. Oh, that's uh, an interesting new segment where you restack the episode we're discussing that we should have been doing hundreds of episodes ago. Well, when we were like more in like a rhythm mm-hmm. and didn't have so much other Star Trek between. Right. It wasn't that necessary, but now my brain is like, I don't remember. I mean, this is about. smart for, for both of us and for the audience. Uh, however, there are a couple of hails that were sort of hung over from <gasps> the previous no! episodes. But these are, that, I'm, I'm going to get to the ones you're talking about first. Uh, Kamaraki Moore, half blind and now unemployed. Kamaraki, I hope, I hope your, your eyes have been okay. I know you were going through some, some medical treatments. Um, Anyway, Kamaraki says, believe it or not, there are a few decent Ferengi episodes in this series, but you're going to have to wait a few seasons to get to them, which is which is what... Sneaky, sneaky. Many people said. Uh, the Jellybean says, of course, there are better Ferengi episodes, but I'm always glad to see Wallace Shawn. Um, and I got a lot of nice things said about my, my off-the-cuff Wallace Shawn impression. So at least sometimes, sometimes I nail the voice every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're not traditionally known as an impressionist. No, that's not my... Look, if you come to see my stand-up yeah. show where I'm filling out, you know, filling up arenas, yeah. um, I, uh, you know, I'm more of a prop comic. Everybody right. knows this. It's more of a carrot top <laughs> vibe. And occasionally you'll tell us what it would be like if... Jack Nicholson was the president of the United States. <laughs> That's right. 
What if Jack Nicholson was the president of the United States and his vice president, Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> um, Boo! <buddy> Ch- <laughs> is that the entire arena? <laughs> it was quiet. I was just, I just had to speak up. Roddy Chops says, uh, Matt and Andy's excellent adventure over nice. medium is the correct answer. We had a lot of discussion. I don't even remember. You don't like eggs. That's what came up, right? No. What, what, like was, the what like, was the thing? What was the thing that like led us down the... Yolk. Huh? I like a runny yolk. You were like... Well, oh, that was it. Wait, do you like also runny whites? And I was like, no. And then I was like trying to figure out which... What the order is called, like how that is cooked. What's right. that called? So Roddy is, is confirming my take over medium. There you well, go. Alexis Borsier says, I have finally have something to say. A season four... I feel like you're always saying stuff, Alexis. Whatever the case. Uh, a season four episode will establish that the Ferengi actually bought Warp Drive rather than inventing it themselves. I have been using this sole statement to explain away an awful lot of Ferengi culture, culture, especially in regards to gender. They never actually had to cross whatever traditional first contact threshold most warp-capable species cross. They bought that shit, and they never had to learn nothing. Honestly, it's a bad explanation, but it's the uh, also the only explanation. And then David S., the homework ceiling Vulcan, says, uh, I think of the Ferengi as slightly smarter packlets with capitalism as their religion culture. This is a crazy piece of information that... uh, Sounds like a spoiler. It is a little bit of a spoiler. Um, I understand why it's difficult not to spoil things when I'm constantly berating everyone with questions about, well, why are they... Whatever. But that is an insane thing that the Federation let them in and they didn't come up with their own warp. They're not in the Federation. Oh, right. They're not in the Federation. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but that also actually helps in the perspective of them. Um, uh, you know, their, their, their uh, evolutionary advantage is their sort of, you know, craftiness and, and uh, ability to make a deal. And that's how they got their 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 warp so that kind of that kind of tracks to me it's what's fun to them (laughs) lieutenant commander mole i I already did that one joel aaron says uh anyone else feel that a new 18 dollar 18 sorry 18 dollars and 83 cents tier for the additional 1883 podcast would be totally worth it I haven't seen it or Yellowstone, but I've been meaning to, and this would give me the perfect excuse. Come on, Matt, let's go. 1883, that's a funny tear, because it's not that much more. Oh, like, we, funny enough to, like, make me almost do it. I think that's probably what he was aiming for. Oh, my God. David K. says, so I like this episode. Part of it is because of nostalgia. I watched DS9 way back in 2003 when I was 13, and I really liked the Ferengi episodes. Looking back, it's interesting because on the surface, as a 13-year-old, I thought the Ferengi themselves were just funny. But it also portrayed capitalism and sexism in such an over-the-top negative lights that even a 13-year-old could understand it. And I kind of think it's part of what shaped my progressive views on politics and reinforced being respectful to women it's interesting how kids can view and internalize things um there are a lot of different perspectives that are uh, this is me they thought of a different perspective um um on the sexism 
of the Frankie in this episode, and I, mm-hmm. I would like to read uh, uh, various ones of them because I think they're all sort of interesting and have valid takes. Uh, Lieutenant Roddy Chops says, uh, Roddy claimed, do you remember what our Evan Dando conversation was? Was he in the... Uh, Lemonhead song was uh, number one in the alternative charts, and uh, I talked about Evan Dando. He did an episode of the Goldbergs that I wrote. He was in the script. There you go. He was a character. Roddy's uh, claim to adjacent fame, Evan Dando was my sweet mate in college. He turned me on to a lot of great music, but I never had access to uh that i never had access to in the little sleepy town i came from i caught mono early in the year so evan offered to substitute for me in my band so we wouldn't have to cancel a big show in town after which my band lobbied hard to have evan replace me (laughs) (laughs) but he declined because his hometown band the Lemonheads, was starting to get some attention over lunch evan told me he was going to drop out of school he'd go back to boston and sell tennis rackets until the band broke out i said don't do it stay at school get your degree you can be a college band he said see you around never listen to roddy <laughs> um that's spectacular yeah it's, it's a great a story roddy um christopher pike medal of valor winner i might Lieutenant- have to sell tennis record tennis rackets until my tv career comes off the ground because <laughs> quite frankly i need something to do why tennis rackets because that's what evan dando went to do oh i see why don't you sell golf clubs, Matt? You know more about that. That's true. And then you can sell me some cheap ones. So that I can go out and I can play golf with Matt. Um, Someday. Christopher Pike, Medal of Valor. Someday, Jennifer. I Take that truck up to the up to the lake. <laughs> A couple of sleeping bags in the back. Oh, back to the future. There you go. Uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor winner Lieutenant Cam that would have been very embarrassing if I couldn't pull that one um, Christopher Pike uh, Lieutenant Cam says uh, this aired four years before Ellen DeGeneres came out so it wasn't nothing that Pell says she's in love with Quark and Dax doesn't flinch despite thinking Pell is a man in and of itself that was a lot for 1993 especially for a show run by Rick Berman as for being the worst Ferengi episode and or the worst Ferengi episode about gender who boy, just wait. Oh, um, yeah. I believe there's one where Quark, with Quark's mom that we have to look forward to. Where it's, do you think they're on the right side of it, or you think you're not sure of whatever who's, the... Who's on the right side of what? I assume you're talking about something that displays sexism in some, some way, or gender. Is it a separate issue? Or should uh, we just leave it just there? Like, just general Ferengi culture is bananas okay um yeah i thought that was uh i thought we talked about it but the uh that moment was really interesting and i think i was confused at the time because of the berman factor that i was like wait are they on they're presenting as though they're on the right side of this in that it's like she's not it's not bumping her at all that it's uh it's uh, a homosexual interest it's bumping her or it's just she's just addressing hey you got to tell him um so uh yeah in some ways it's 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 sneakily progressive this show and in some ways it's still very dated which i guess makes sense it's a long time ago you know i saw one of the uh, one of the emails 
one of the writers on the line emails from the yeah. guild. Um, and I saw Iris Stephen Bear marching with his I, blue goatee, and I was like, they don't even mention that that's Iris Stephen Bear. That's pretty funny. You know, I passed him mm-hmm. the other day, and I knew it was him because of his, isn't it purple or is it blue? I mean, it depends on the day, I think. I think it was purple when I saw it. Um, and uh, you're probably all very disappointed that I didn't go up to him. But I thought, what am I going to say? I, you know what? I, honest to God, proud of you for not. We're watching a show now. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, Robert Wolf. We're best friends. That's a different right. thing. Yeah. You, know? you should be like, hey, you know Rob, right? <laughs> That's what I should have said. Hey, you know Wolfie? You, <laughs> you know, know Wolfie? Wolfie, right? <laughs> I was supposed to have lunch with him like a year ago, and it never happened. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Jeffy says, feels like the costume budget was running low when they came to the dosi. <laughs> Certainly true. <laughs> guys with the checkerboards on their face. Um, Chris Klochner says... Dax's stance towards Quark, in particular, is just the Federation multiculturalism at its peak. Take everyone's culture at face value, sans judgment. The fact that we respond with, yeah, but it's gross, is the point. Gross to whom? I'm very much not defending rampant sexism, but maybe that means I wouldn't be a good Starfleet officer. Good sci-fi makes you consider other viewpoints, but yeah, they could have done a lot more with this than they did. Um... Which is something that I was sort of talking around trying to figure out when we were watching the episode is that in some ways she's even more open-minded and it's just there's problems woven in <laughs> to how the... To me, it's a lot of it is like, well, what does the episode want us to think? What do the writers want us to think? And that's where you get into a muddy area because in some ways they want us to see the 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 Frangi as they're not in some ways they want us to see the Frangi as sexist but they don't necessarily go far enough is this is the perfect the question to ask Ira on the line next time I can't wait for it he um, wrote the sure. teleplay for the episode so he um, is pretty he is pretty Iris Stephen Bear is pretty much responsible for Ferengis like the modern the current inter- well I mean I'd say current but like He's like the Ronald he's, Moore. Yeah, he's was Ron to, Moore of yeah to uh, Klingons. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I oh, should have asked him. Uh, Ruddy Chops has a series of dialogue uh, spins uh, from Kira. Can't believe you hang out with race redacted Jedzia. Uh, they've created their own race of slave warriors. They are deplorable. Dax. Oh, Narice. If you knew them like I knew. You would know how much fun they are to mess around with. They are down to clown. No zones left unboned. And then from Kira, unbelievable. You would get nasty with people who own other people? Gross. Dax, there are fun people on both sides, Norris. Yeah. Dax gets it. Uh, Lieutenant Camp says, the whole thing reminds me a bit of people who are friends with people with other political views, even when even views they find abhorrent. It's incredible privilege to be able to just ignore someone's politics, especially if their politics boils down to taking away your rights. In the 90s, it was a bit different. The rights weren't as openly and defiantly, the right weren't as openly and defiantly vicious. Even so, Jedzia is 
entitled to hang out with anyone she chooses, and I think there's an interesting convo there about whether she is making an ethical decision. I also wonder if Starfleet people go through training to compartmentalize their brain so that they can behave themselves with species with vastly different values. We know Klingons also have some fucked up views on women, and the Federation must have diplomatic relations with some species that practice slavery. I mean, basically, the Frankie kind of do, don't they? I don't know. At least they're not the Cardis. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I always wonder, like, the Cardis are war criminals. I wonder where that sits on the en- enslavement of people I mean, spectrum. They, they had slave camps for Bajorans to crack rocks open. They did. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we saw Kira rescue that guy from them. But that's where you get into... They have behavior in this show of different species that's like, why, why are we talking to them? <laughs> the there's nuance everywhere, man. There's yeah. nuance everywhere. Uh, Alfredo, uh, is there a pun in there? I, don't know, I can't see it if there is. Uh, I s- um, Alfredo? Alfredo, that's what it is. <laughs> oh boy, how do I get through life? It's like it would be all. It would usually be fine if you didn't put a hat on the fact that you didn't. No, I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to hide from my flaws. I'm, well, it's I'm, not hiding. It's just like maybe there wasn't a pun. You could have just blown through, but you still. <laughs> no. And then I had to think and go. No, there is one. <laughs> um. I submit that Cisco should have been the MVC of this episode. Mm. Not only does he make sure that the Frangi do not cheat a Gamma Quadrant species, he also out-negotiates the Grand Nagus to secure that fertilizer for Bajor. Hmm, that's true. It's possible. Kananga Balloon says, Question for Matt, have you played the new game Star Trek Resurgence? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh Uh-oh. Andy oh. froze. Oh, you're back. I can you froze hear you. for a second. And I didn't yeah. hear anything from Kananga Balloon. Question for Matt. Have you played the new game Star Trek Resurgence? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I have not. Is didn't, that what kind of game is I don't even know what it? it is. I wonder if it's, a, if it's a shooter I'm in, but I doubt it is. It's not. You're not in. Hmm. It's a narrative adventure game with dialogue choices. Oh, um, like a telltale game? I assume so. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then Alfredo says maybe Matt and Andy could play it for the pod. You know, we never even played the previous one. We gotta gotta do that at some point. We've never played any of the video games. It's I mean, no. uh, Rachel Patton uh, hails us. I love all the Ferengi episodes. Their ways are backwards and abhorrent. They exploit everything for, for short-sighted capital gain, even gender, and their misogynistic concept of female just gets effing batshit bananas that words can't even describe, and you stay up all night thinking about it. Just wait, Andy. Quark's one of my favorite characters, and so is Rom, and maybe it's because they were written to resolve massive character flaws in 45-minute episodes. Um, Pell reminded me of what I thought I would need to be in order to be successful as a girl. I like these episodes because they exploit capitalism for a decent joke. Matt, Star Brian. Trek, Star Trek Resurgence is coming to retail October 6th. Physical copies for your PlayStation 5. 
mm. and Xbox One. Can you play? Is it multi? It's not not multiplayer, is it? Mm, I don't know what it is. Okay, well, I don't. You're, but you're the spokesman. I, I don't know. I didn't know about it till just now. Why don't you understand? Sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Hellman says, to Matt's point regarding eggs and short order cooks, my son and I went down to Baltimore for a baseball game. I wonder if you, Brian, say embarrassed of. Uh, my son and I went down to Baltimore for a baseball game. We went to a chain for breakfast this morning. The waitress asks me how I want my eggs. I said over hard. She replies, we only do scrambled, so don't ask me. (laughs) We only do scrambled. They should condemn that place. How do you want your eggs? We only do scrambled. (laughs) That's dumb. Uh, Lieutenant Tess says, not a fan of Ferengi culture-focused episodes. I feel like Dax's acceptance of the misogyny is specifically written to soften the grossness for the audience. By men, for men. Ah, the continuous comedy of all the females of a culture having zero rights. Uh, um, uh, Eye-rolling emoji. Today, Afghan women in Canada are protesting to remind everyone that the women of Afghanistan lost all of their rights two years ago. They protest here because women in Afghanistan have lost their voice, the right to protest, the right to work, the right to education, their very right to exist in society. Imagine Dax having a sweet fondness for the Taliban. Doesn't seem cute or funny. I sometimes wish they had Yeah, made but have you partied with them? <laughs> that, is, that is the question. <laughs> yeah, if you go to the bone zone with the Taliban, that is a whole different score. Um, I can't imagine the Taliban are very generous lovers. That's my just, you know, not knowing anything else about it. Um, <laughs> you, have an, you have an art of wrapping yourself in a net that I know, just, I'm like, what is great. he doing? No, no, it's great. No, I, I, I'm sure that I will have no problems with it. <laughs> I uh, can't wait to listen to this in a court hearing someday. Um, I sometimes wish they had made Nog a girl. Uh, this is still test. Mm, that'd be interesting. Um, perhaps she could have taken on the story and been disguised as a boy in order to participate in life. Stories regarding Ferengi females might have been more present and meaningful and played less for laughs. Although they do a really good job with Nog in the long run because it comes more about his personal experiences than just being a Ferengi, which is a real good thing. The Orville actually did two incredible episodes in their season three that seriously examined a known main cast member's suppression of one gender. Um, actually, I think I saw that one and it was good. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, Tess. And I think part of the problem is that they're sort of setting it up with Pell to be a really great examination and sort of all they do is tee up the issues without really addressing them in a in any you know pertinent way this was my experience of it um and so it ends up as they're playing kind of a serious issue for laughs as opposed to successfully satirizing it i think that's my overall problem with it um now that i'm talking it through and muhammad says when I heard Andy say pros and cons, I thought, you know, we should call it something Trekkie. Uh, I know, I think to myself, we should call it rows and cons, spelled K-H-A-N-S. <laughs> I spotted that one. Um, 
Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk says, 100% Pell should have just, should have been like the jackal on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and scammed everyone and left to the point where it ends with Quark and the Nagus looking at each other saying, I won't tell if you won't. I won't tell if you won't. See, I lost it again. You did. Oh, well. You got to be a little more gravelly with it. I won't tell if you won't. There it is. There you go. Andy the astrophysicist says, do you think the main reason Trek writers were stuck with the canon of naked Ferengi females was because of that TNG episode where they beamed the Troys out of their yes. clothes. Speaking of which, Betazoids also have naked weddings. What was with Majel and nudity? Wasn't Roddenberry kind of a freak? <laughs> I don't know. That's my understanding. I think he was, uh, he and, um, I don't know, I believe Majel was on board, but I believe that they were real free love whatever no boundaries hippies i've never read that or heard that but go for it whatever. apologies if i'm pink shaming anyone so <laughs> like if not you, my intention like it's like you're it's like so foreign from what i've ever remember hearing that i kind of hope that um i hope that you're you're making it up uh, just just because it would be so wildly vastly different not because i don't believe it i believe it sure um i'm gonna let you guys <laughs> I start to go down the hole in, in googling and i was like i'm not gonna do this you guys <laughs> you guys want to send me any information about it we can we can uh we can dig into it later uh that's hear this it gene was a real freak in the sack you tell me <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the um priority the, uh, one messages yes for the president now circle. let's head out to the regular time <laughs> Uh, yes. Now that we're out here, we may open up regular time hails. Captain, we are being hailed. Uh, this is from Hana. Uh, Trill Medical joining in similarities to human childbirth. This is a couple of episodes back. In response to the listener's explanation of symbiotic species evolution, I think it was Andy who asked why trills surgically make an abdominal flap to insert the symbiont. I always assumed they were born with that flap, but some got symbionts and some didn't. As for why surgery is involved, I think the closest analogy is the medicalization of childbirth in humans. For most of our history, babies were born at home with minimal intervention and gradually more skilled midwives. The problem with that is that, of course, a lot of moms and babies died in the process. Hospital births didn't become common until the mid-20th century, but now they're almost a given, with home birth being the exception, and home birth midwives can call an ambulance when necessary. There are obvious problems with our health care system and how it treats women and women of color in particular, but still, more moms and babies survive now than in the 19th century. I imagine that as Trill evolved, symbionts probably just squirmed out of a dead host and into a living one with mixed success. They probably evolved gentle interventions to facilitate this move. We know that there are a finite number of symbionts and that the Trill government wants to protect them, so it makes sense to medicalize the process as their technology and regulatory systems grew. I also like to imagine that there is a separatist group of home joiner Trills out there somewhere passing their symbionts along the, quote, natural way. Sorry this was so long. If it gets read, I'm sure Andy won't edit it at all. Um, I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not. I don't edit any of them. Correct. Love the podcast. It's eerily similar uh, to the way my husband and I pick apart Trek episodes, except 
we now integrate inside baseball because of you two. Uh, thanks, uh, Hannah, pronounced Hannah, but, or Andy, you can really Jewish it up with the truly correct pronunciation, Hannah. Um, so funny if like... Um You just you just failed miserably at <laughs> I may have who knows um you're just like it's real wild season two this is about Melora and I'm just going back to this because uh, A this is about the disability discussion and B this is our from our friend uh, Jesse Mercury who referenced us in one of his delightful TikTok videos um wherein he places himself in the in next generation uh matt and andy uh i really enjoyed your discussion about the representation of dis by the way we have a tiktok now so please check it out (laughs) um i really enjoyed your discussion about the representation of disability in this episode and appreciate your question as to why Melora would refuse to undergo treatment to live in normal gravity. Speaking from my own experience, I live with a chronic illness that requires the use of a wheelchair during my severe flare-ups. I'm what's called an ambulatory wheelchair user, meaning I go back and forth from using a wheelchair to walking depending on how my my health is doing. The decision to try a wheelchair was extremely difficult at first. I couldn't stop thinking about how other people would react. But actually getting a wheelchair proved to be a remarkably positive experience since it gave me back mobility and allowed me to become significantly more active during my periods of poor health. I quickly learned that my wheelchair made me a happier person. In fact, the process of learning to live in harmony with my illness led me to develop an active practice of seeking joy in everyday life. Integrating my illness into my identity taught me patience, adaptability, and gratitude. Although there are countless ways in which it makes my life difficult, the ways in which it has shaped my identity are invaluable. For those reasons, I completely empathize with Melora's decision not to undergo Bashir's Bashir's procedure. She would be altering a fundamental part of her identity, not to mention isolating herself from her own species. She shouldn't have to change herself to conform to what others consider to to be easier or more acceptable. Bashir is trying to fix her instead of valuing her as she is. I actually host a podcast about living with chronic illness and disability called Major Pain, where my guests uh, share the stories of their health journeys and teach us about rare diseases from a lived perspective. If you're Have looking- any huge Damon Wayans fans accidentally downloaded the podcast thinking someone was finally talking about the movie Major Pain? <laughs> I mean, uh, I will take listeners however we can get them. Um, If you're looking to uh, learn more about this topic from real people with a variety of experiences, I highly recommend the show. Thanks so much for opening up a discussion about this super important topic, Jesse. Um, In fairness, we didn't open it up. The Star Trek writers did. uh, You know, we engaged in it and we discussed it. uh, Yeah, but we never would have talked about it unless it was on the Star Trek. I think you're wrong. I think that I would have. I... uh... (laughs) I would have come up for you. Uh, I, you know, I have a list of of, of important topics that oh, okay. uh, apply to people that I, I like you. to. You know, it's Andy's important topic uh, corner. Oh, okay. Uh, that's Great it segment. for the hails. We have a prime corrective. Mm-hmm. Actually, we have several prime correctives. Oh, we must have been very wrong. 
I was. Time for retrospective, because truth is all objective. It's a prime corrective, because Matt Landy got it wrong. This is from Lieutenant Ben Plavin, um, who says, here's a mix of a prime corrective, and I know him from something big. I know him from something corrective. Brian Thompson, who is one of the people with the silly face makeup, was all over 80s and 90s sci-fi. He was the shape-shifting bounty hunter alien in the X-Files. He didn't work for Cigarette Smoking Man. Cigarette cigarette Smoking Man, yes. Um, Klingon officer is TNG's Matter of Honor. A Klingon officer in, I guess. Uh, another uh, Klingon in Star Trek Generations, a German thug in Three Amigos, two other upcoming roles in DS9 and Enterprise, as well as having roles in Moonlighting, Otherworld, Street Hawk, Knight Rider, Seven Days, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charm, Chuck, Dragonheart, Joe Dirt, and many others. Um, I mean, all that is true. I just... Uh, uh, it's not a prime corrective, because... If, if I either I know him from something big or I don't know him from something big, that is true. You're always saying that. You're you can't correct like, hey, me on. Hey, I'm gonna know this guy from something big or I'm not. So you can't say, hey, you missed this. We're, I'm not giving a list of credits. I'm telling you what I, whether I remember him something big. Uh, and I did note that he was in a ton of. He was a journeyman and he was in a ton of things. But uh, a lot of people wrote in about Brian Thompson and thought that I, I should know him, so I thought I should read this to uh, give a little give a little nod to it. Uh, Dick Warlock says, to clarify a point about 1883, Matt mentioned that it starred Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. That's not 1883, that's 1923, the sequel series <laughs> to 1883. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, and then Sandra B. suggested, I think, probably quite rightly that we should have a new segment called Andy's Pronunciation Corner or something else since we have Accent Corner um, but uh, I definitely have been on a tear pronouncing things wrong uh, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison asked Andy are you saying Tarek Noir instead of Tarek Noir and I was um, and then uh, Commander Lieutenant Commander Molay, Historical Archives Division adds just a dab of Tarek Noir on the neck and I'm ready for a successful night at the disco um, and then if you would play Illinois in the um, hails hey it's Ensign King from Southern Illinois I don't know what's worse the Ferengi laws against females or hearing Nagus over and over again it's Grand Nagus fucking say it right love you guys bye so I tried to uh, correct it, and uh, Lieutenant Thomas from inside the Patreon uh, said it's it's a hard G like Ferengi. So hopefully that will that will drill it in to my head. We'll see. Um, Matt, if you could open the face group, I don't know if. Uh, hmm. I know you're digging into the past. I should have prepped you for it. Um, but I, I was. For some uh, reason, I only have uh, Photoshop Matt with Data's cat. And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. Face group, obviously, our Facebook group. Jumping, uh, jumping in every once in a while, taking a look at what's going on in there. One of the many things you can 
You can engage with us on also have a Discord. Anyway, Tom Tarpey uh, put uh, some dialogue between him and his wife. Uh, me listening to the new TNC podcast in the car with my wife. Matt and Andy, uh, in parentheses, having a long conversation about how they like their eggs. <laughs> my wife looks up from book. This is a Star Trek podcast? <laughs> me. This is the greatest Star Trek podcast. <laughs> uh, You're right to correct her. Uh, Adam Ridgewell said Andrew Secunda individual conversations with your spouse in a car is a five star review and you should get into the Admirals Club so uh, you're at least in the Facebook group face group section Um, Justine Adamak said recently they had a conversation about Matt's cold Andy asked Mm. if they had tested for COVID it had never occurred to Matt Matt went and got COVID tests all three of them were positive they isolated sparing countless lives Thank the prophets for tangents. I mean, thank the prophets for Andy even suggesting it. Um, I just wasn't sick enough for like in my brain. I wasn't sick enough to have it. But then when you said that, I was like, uh, yeah, COVID. I feel like, I feel like a lot of us are going to get it again. There's a new strain out there. I got but, it. I think I think I got the new strain. Um, yeah, you probably and did. Here's my advice on the new strain. It's, it's a hoot compared to the first one i'll tell you that much <laughs> well it's probably uh, to some degree you were protected by your you know correct vaccines um and that's the close of the face group i don't know if you want to play the the close of the face group thing since we never rarely oh, use hang it. on i've got a i gotta check in with uh dodo dodo what's happening i was just coming to say hello oh it's our old friend Dory. Henry's monitor. How, how was he? He didn't come back out. You really scared him into going to sleep. Really? Yeah. Dory's lurking in the darkness. I am. Yes. Oh my god, my microphone stand fell, everybody. I think he was really tired. Oh my god. My microphone stand went down. The thing went down. Andy's waving at you. We're, we're, you're on Dory's the air. Dory's waving oh, hi. her phone back. Hi, Andy. I can't hear you. But That's okay. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Dory. There you go. I can't remember if we talked about your surprise party on the main feed, but Dory threw a surprise party and I showed up. And uh, of course, Andy did. He was he was obligated. And um, a good time was had by all. And Matt, uh, we lost a uh, a trivia competition, and Matt was angry. Uh, Matt was uh, uh, angry uh, is a very frustrated. Strong. You were frustrated. I was just. Simple mistakes, but it was definitely it was the other team was stacked. Jordan Morris was on the uh, the other team as an extra person, which was totally unfair. And they were the people that won. I will say we won. uh, I came up with more. There were some that were obvious ones that I'm just like a dope, and I'm not going to come up with. But I I contributed more than I thought I did. I had a couple that nobody on our team had. One even a sports one, although I don't remember what it was because it was it had a movie tie, I believe, whatever it was. Yes. Uh, oh, what was it? Was it a Burt Reynolds thing? Football thing? I don't know. Was it anyway, Reynolds? it was a great time. You guys should have been there. So. And then Thanks. we had Matt's favorite cake. Mm-hmm. Which, which I is... smartly left at Nicole's because I knew that if I took it home, I would have eaten the entire rest of the cake. It's too much. How long would it have taken you? That cake is, is even for How me too sweet. How long would that cake sweet. have taken me to eat? Yeah. Uh, the rest of that cake. I Celebration cake? Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, I probably would have. Four days. 
probably. Yeah, that's respectable. Yeah. Um, Matt, we have one th- uh, uh, other voicemail oh, wait. from. We got to close the face group. Wait, wait. Oh, yes, correct. Yes, do that. This is the end of the Facebook section. For Star Trek, the next conversation. I thought I should bring it to your attention. Now back to the rest of the programmation. Now um, what? Um, we can play a, uh, a voice hail from our good friend, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, who's been helping with the TikTok videos, and he's also uh, stepping in to help out, uh, maybe, maybe get our Instagram... You guys will be delighted to know. Rolling again. Attention all hands. This is Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins with an important announcement. The Star Trek TNC Instagram account is about to be updated. What? We are resuming chronological updates, beginning with the Next Generation Season 4, Episode 20, <laughs> Cupid. If you have artwork you'd like to share for the end of Season 4 of TNG, <clears throat> or shit. any episodes from Seasons 5 through 7... Please send it to sttncart at gmail.com. That's sttncart at gmail.com. Be sure to include the episode number or name in the subject, as well as your name or Instagram handle. If you had previously submitted something, please resend it to this new address. Regular updates will resume on September 1st, so please send your submissions to sttncart at gmail.com soon. We now return you to your irregularly scheduled program, already in progress. It is so irregularly scheduled. It really is. Yeah, so we I debated with Jeff, like, well, what's the best way do you want to set up? We had, a, at some point, uh, uh, Josh Baldwin and uh, Mike Mann had set up a nice sort of filing system, and that sort of, sort of has, has, you know, in has been, has dust on it. And it was like, well, maybe I should have him send it to the main thing. And we were both like, it shouldn't go to me. It should go to a, a thing that a, an email that he has access to, <laughs> so something can happen with this. So, um, so uh, yeah, you got some art. You got some thoughts uh, that are happening. In Christ. He's like going, going to be going through it chronologically, probably. So if you're like, hey, I love this episode. I'll have this funny thing to make or a, a video or. A, you know, art or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, send it to that email address. It's a grand um, plan. And I, uh, you know what? I hope, I hope it, I hope it all pans. I hope people have things to send. Matt, here's a funny, uh, little tidbit. Um, our TikTok, which he's going to also be, we also have a YouTube. Uh, so check that one out. Um, that one's going to be a little bit more haphazard. Uh, but the uh, but the TikTok the uh, the one the video that we posted regarding uh, those old scientists, mm-hmm. which uh, in which uh, most of our our saltiness was uh, was left for behind the the Patreon wall mm-hmm. uh, had a, has a hundred and six thousand <laughs> views. That feels right. It should be a million, but whatever. Um, and uh, it's, it was shocking. For some reason, it just lit on fire. And I'm like, this is, you know, there's some cute jokes in here, but it's it's so not indicative of who we are. That's so funny. That's, is it really not? Like, is it like... I mean, it's indicative of like sort of the tone of us sort of, you know, commenting and whatever, mm. but it's like... 
he you know i think jeff trying to present our best our best side sort of made it like us going like ah the performances that they create here really so good (laughs) so he came in going these guys love this i gotta go in and hear more this part's funny going to be very distressing look some some episodes were very high on some episodes we have a lot of lot of lot to say um wait no no all episodes we have a lot to say all episodes some episodes were very high on it's fair that's come on uh i will you, say this this is uh, unrelated to anything go ahead okay really <laughs> i've been really enjoying the uh i just opened up youtube to get ready to do the today in track thing you know because that's usually where i pull the music from okay and then i saw that it was recommending the uh build of the outdoor outdoor garden table from season seven episode four of the new yankee workshop <laughs> and i have to say the new yankee workshop has launched a youtube channel and is uploading the old episodes and they uh some of them are ai uh upscaled to hd which is like hilarious and wild to me. Huh. And every 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 everything you've ever heard about a comfort blanket from anything ever in life, uh, visual or otherwise, Norm Abrams' voice and that stupid guitar that kicks in is like it's so good to me. Here it is. Hi, I'm Norm Abram. Welcome to the New Yankee Workshop. Today we're going to build a garden table. It's made out of teak, and it's meant to go with an English garden bench I built a few years ago. It turns out they're difficult to find. I'll show you in a minute, right here on the New Yankee Workshop. (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. The New Yankee Workshop features the craftsmanship of Norm Abram. Well, I love it so much. It's (laughs) delightful. Are you a crafty guy? You're a little bit crafty guy. I know you are about your guitars. Yeah, I mean, I love. I built the fireplace at the last house. I'm happy to build things. I'd like to build more things. I am just. I grew up with a with a father that didn't. You know, he had a workbench, but he didn't really do that much. You're uh, Jewish. We get it. Yes, but uh, that being said, I think I have a. I don't have the know-how. But I do have a knack. I think I was always good at like figuring out mechanics and stuff from zero. And um, let me tell you, the, the, this guy Russell Morash, who was the yeah. director slash producer of New Yankee Workshop. Okay. He create he 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 was the director of Julia Child's show. Okay. Uh, created this old house. Hmm. Then. Uh, the Victory Garden, and then the New Yankee Workshop. Okay. And he's still alive. Jesus. <laughs> and he's still alive. And the workshop from the New Yankee Workshop yeah. was in his house. That was his house. This workshop. So it stood here for 21 years. Come on inside. There's another old friend. Isn't that insane? This is a carved wooden sign done by our friends up in Lincoln, New Hampshire. And it's an image of Norm, which you remember in the logo, and the uh, copper plate type font. Look at this guy, sharp as a tack. How old is he? Oh, yeah. I don't know. And this is his grandson threw this channel together for him. 
Yeah. Through this YouTube channel together. And then, like, they had Norm came back. Hand to, tools years ago when the eyes blew. I like it's like amazing. But this is this one of these things, today the kind of things that Matt watches to relax. Like in fact, the Adirondacks oh, yeah, here. Well, these are the plans yep. that people can buy. That's right. It's a PDF file. People can buy it. They can they can print <laughs> it themselves, the and everything is in here that they need. All the materials and pieces they have to get. <laughs> I love this. Like that. Right. I love the plans are so janky. <laughs> oh come on, man! It's, it's like, just beautiful. It's like an IKEA manual. <laughs> added this little storage tray anyway yeah but the other day i was watching it and henry like was weirdly engaged with it mm-hmm. and i was like what is happening and then he's like i have to go pee pause it <laughs> that kid is gonna be quite a character <laughs> it really is something anyway now let's get back to the regular show after my okay. new yankee workshop plug I want it noted that every time I'm ahead of schedule and we're we're under an hour, Matt somehow, and I think sometimes it'll happen at the beginning, sometimes it'll happen in the middle, sometimes the end. Matt will only si- always sense, oh, well, this is going around, this is going along too fast, and then he'll insert an even wilder off-topic point to push yep. us over an hour. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, it is my fault. So, well, I'll, I'll take ownership of it. I mean, I don't. It's fine with me. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I you take know what? I bet there's a it. lot of people out there. Some may write in next week who are yeah. like, thank you for telling me about this. I yeah. watch the new Yankee Workshop every Sunday. Yeah. We're definitely the car talk of Star Trek. Did Ex- you watch the new Yankee Workshop ever? Except not pleasant. Yes. No, I never watched it. I Really? Yeah. I sort of, by context, figured were out what we were talking about. No. Oh. Oh, my God. It ran for so many seasons, and it yeah. was on PBS, and he just... Oh my God! The workshop he would build these crazy, crazy things. Like he built a he built a like a child's playhouse that was like better than my house growing up. Huh? I was like, this is this is insane. He's anyway. I love Norm. He's my hero. Oh, interesting. Yep. If you would like to send a hail to us. You can feel free to do that to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can uh, tweet or uh, send an Instagram or, you know, engage in Matt's Instagram at Matt Myra. You can, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter X, whatever the hell it's called now, at Secunda. Um, I also have a, blue sky that's uh, but it's not at Secunda don't even fucking worry about it our Instagram and Twitter account is at Star Trek TNC as is our TikTok I gotta make sure I mention that and if you would like to send us a voice hail uh, please do so at 816 Trek TNC try and keep it at about a minute it increases the odds of us playing it uh, that's it for the hail bags uh let me close up the hails. Um, I mean, how, how many? How many? Russell Warish must have like a hundred Emmys, right? He has to. The he probably didn't have much competition in those categories, huh? I mean. In 1961, he met Julia Child when she appeared on the GVH program I've been reading while promoting the French chef. Uh, 
Uh, while promoting, sorry, her, her mastering the art of French cooking, viewers flooded the station with calls and letters asking to see more, and the French chef premiered on GBH in 1962. <laughs> and it ran for 30 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then uh, it established the in-the-moment uh, template uh, for a new kind of public television show that Moresh took with him to launch other series, such as This Old House and The Victory Garden. This old house and the old spinoff series, the New Yankee Workshop, were filmed in Morash's own backyard in Massachusetts. <laughs> Matt, we got to get something like that. Morash's wife. Oh, here's, a, here's a great one. Morash's wife, Maria Morash, is a James Beard award-winning chef who appeared on Julia Child's cooking show and the Victory Garden. Man, that she guy also really... edited the Victory Garden uh, cookbook. And Frank Kantz plays Morash in the 2022 HBO Max series Julia. <laughs> Like crow. I mean, look. All I'm saying is, I wish yeah. I was making public television in the mid '60s. <laughs> Can you imagine thirty years of work? Oh God, what a dream! He's 87 years old, and and still updating his YouTube channel. <laughs> it's amazing. He's impressive. Does anyone tell how many how many day I want to know how many Emmys he has? Uh, whatever, let's talk about Star Trek. Sorry, am I sorry? I don't know. You, you're going to look it up as we're talking about Star Trek anyway. That's true. Uh, so we're going to talk about Necessary Evil, which aired the 14th of November, 1993. What's happening? Um, I mean, we may as well stick with the Lemonhead since it was an Evan Dando themed. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, Hail Bag, Into Your Arms. Still the number one alternative song. Two weeks in a row. Number one song in the U.S. still, I Do Anything for Love, but I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. That was also the number one song in the U.K. Number one movie, The Three Musketeers. Mm, yes, the was Charlie that? Sheen one? Yeah. Was Matt Damon in that, or am I? was it somebody else? That would have been too early, right? Was, yeah, too early for a day. So like Kiefer Sutherland, those people. Like uh, Oliver Platt. Yeah, I think Oliver Platt was in there. Yeah. Um, uh, Drew Barrymore, maybe. This <laughs> is just like <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. That was that's who I'm. I was I was I was creating. I was uh, mixing. With Tim the, Curry and uh, Oliver Platt. Is Drew Barrymore not in it? Uh, let me see. Uh, no, Rebecca DeMornay is oh, the female lead. Uh, number one TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Births that week, Pete Davidson. Saturday Night Live. Deaths that week, actor Bill Bixby. Oh. oh. Uh, events, NAFTA is passed by Congress. Nirvana played their famous well. Unplugged concert. Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and Christina Aguilera all joined the cast of the new Mickey Mouse Club. Nice detail. Familiar. Uh, Time Magazine cover, Billy Graham at 75. He, now we have I to mean, check in. I mean, honest to God, what's hilarious is like, when did he die? This year? Is that I don't know. He died in 2018. But just the fact That's that still, he was yeah, that is 75 in 1993. And so was, nuts. <laughs> was being an asshole until 2018. I mean, a man of God, good people on both sides. Um, 
Uh, and then we have Elsewhere in Trek. Sure do. Uh, I wish I had an alternate dimension machine so I could see like where things Elsewhere in Trek. Hang on. What do you want one of these machines for? Well, for so many things. But one of the things is I want to be able to see like, oh, and, like you know, it's basically like that Voyager episode. Uh, that we watched recently where they sort of alter the timeline slightly to try and get a perfect result or you know what the, the right. result they want yeah. i would love to see like hey if we never said anything that was askew politically to certain sides of the spectrum would our patreon be have any effect like would it change in any way <laughs> um mm. it wouldn't make a difference we're gonna say whatever we're gonna say but uh and also like was curious we don't want you <laughs> Well, that's that's. The, <laughs> I mean, if you want to join, give us your. But money. then again, there's we'll good people it. on both sides, and uh, you know, I guess Tom Bondurant says, "Get to know you." Here's elsewhere in track for necessary evil, which aired November fourteenth, nineteen ninety three. On November fifteenth, TNG presented Force of Nature, an episode that starts with Spot lying, wait, laying waste to Geordi's quarters, and ends with a galactic speed limit. Now we get to track how many times DS9 mentions the warp 5 restriction. Hooray. Oh, does That's it continue? Oh, I guess it must continue at the same time that that popped up in TNG. Yeah, I think uh it's got a it's got a it's got a B. They got to bring it up. We've addressed this before. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. Do they ever go, "Oh yeah, we figured out a solution for that. We're never going to talk about it again." Well, that's what the pylons on Voyager, that's why they go up. Oh, huh? That I was see. supposed to do something to alleviate that. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's it. Okay. Now we can mosey. Giddy up, as they say. And discuss. That's uh, what Kramer said. Episode. Oh, no. Wait, we don't do the Seinfeld section, do we? No, we don't. No. Oh God! Can't say Kramer. If you say Kramer, I'm gonna think we have to do the thing with Kramer. I apologize. Frank Sinatra, oh. come on! It's been a while. I just wanted to play. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on! He's dead. Next. <laughs> Wait, is he? No. Um, At this point, ninety-three. No, he's not dead. We could have done a Frank Sinatra come on for for D- first couple of seasons of DS9. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Necessary evil is the episode, and quite frankly, I will tell you about it. Okay. Uh, this episode not only did it air the fourteenth of November, nineteen ninety-three, but it was written by Peter Allen Fields and directed by James L. Conway. And uh, Memory Alpha only says this. An attempt on Quark's life reopens a five-year-old murder investigation. (laughs) That's really kind of underselling the episode. Pretty succinct, though, you know? I guess. I didn't kill him, you know. A lot of people believed it was me. That shapeshifter thought so. But he was wrong. It was a long time ago. Say what you will about the card. You know, she did. So she doesn't. She didn't kill him. No, she didn't. And 
But did she know that Kira killed her? Him? Well, she said Kira Why did she him. make up the thing? Yeah, why did she make up the... Th- oh, maybe she made up the thing because she didn't to want to admit... The scent of the eight people or whatever. Right, she didn't want to admit that she was involved in being a collaborator. And so mm. to say that Kira was part of the the resistance would have to sort of point in her direction. Gotcha. I, I guess, but that's headcanon because I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. Seems, it, it seems weird... Like I mean, you, that, you're does, trying that does to, make sense. You're trying to turn over on Kira, but you give him a bullshit story? I guess that's it. That's the reason. Um, you didn't call by the way, also, talk about. I this felt so much like a TNG holodeck situation. <laughs> like mm-hmm. with like kind of like clearly sort of trying to harken back to a Oh, I thought this was a hollow sweet thing. I thought it. I thought Corbett that's what I was going to say. Is that yeah. because of that? I thought it was a hollow sweet thing that she was, and I was like, um, and I was pleasantly surprised but that it was. This wasn't. also reminds me of the murder Paris was accused of. Yes, that's very true. It has uh, that like, same, including it, the even the 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 aesthetic of the apartment and the alien. Yes. I agree, and the woman, the lady. Mm-hmm. I I will well, say, I just called her an alien. Whatever, I don't see gender. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jordans have no gender. That's a that's part of Star Trek lore, right? Hey, they're just aliens. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I will say is this opening scene is very arch and sort of cliche feeling, and then the rest of the episode I think is very well drawn and cool so it's odd there's i guess they're sort of leaning into this is like gonna be another one of those detective-y ones i'm kind of into the sort of uh i want to say putting a hat on it but like uh sort of like just at the in the cold open going here's what you're getting that's probably why they did make it so arch yeah about tea I need a favor. For old time's sake? That's right. I'm still as kind as ever. I can pay you. I'm listening. My husband kept a strong box in our shop on the station buried in the wall. I want you to bring it to me. What's in it? Nothing anyone would value. Anyone but you. Sentimental reasons. Why not take a sentimental journey back to the station, if it's your property? I couldn't stand being back in that shop where my husband was murdered. Or maybe you'd rather not let Odo see you there. I'm sure he's forgotten all about that by now. Can you neutralize the security system? It's behind the paneled wall on the left as you enter. Four panels in, five up. Four in, five up. Um, I like that, like, Quark's like, yeah, I can get around that system. That's no problem. Yes. Um, so I don't, in terms of this opening, mm-hmm. the way they do cold opens on the show is so weird that it kind of almost strikes me like they felt trapped into the structure, either 
because they needed a commercial break or it was just it's standard Star Trek fare that they have their cold open and then they go into the the teaser. But so many of them are like this one where it's like Quark leaves, a guy appears that Quark didn't see, and it's like the twist is something is going on. It's like there's no there's no big tease for the teaser. Um, and it makes me think, like, did they resent at a certain point having cold opens? Because <laughs> they never seem to use them that often. Yeah, I would say that that's a very DS9 thing, actually, so far in the in the season and a half that we've been watching. Yeah. Their cold opens are not as effective as TNGs. Yeah. In sort of hooking the audience. Right. And and I wonder if that's partially due to the fact that these characters are boring. <laughs> the DS9 characters are boring? Yeah. I don't say know. that when they're not nearly as boring as the TNG. That's guys. what I was going to say. It's like you don't really you're not really hooked by the characters in those cold opens. Right, 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 right. <laughs> At the request of Commander Cisco, I will hereafter be recording a daily log of law enforcement affairs. <laughs> I like these the bitching reason about for it. this exercise so is fun. beyond my comprehension. Except perhaps that humans have a compulsion to keep records and lists and files. So many, in fact, that they... I mean, like, thematically, huh? What do you think about this? Keep records and lists and files, and this whole thing happens over a list. Oh, good point, Matt. I just like the idea of, like, to me, he's really speaking to what humanity has become now, which is we're such collectors of information and it's now it's like you know it's like algorithms and 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 studying people and drawing information from from individuals and it's just like it really made me think of that they have to invent new ways to store them microscopically otherwise their records would overrun all known civilization my own very adequate memory not being good enough for Starfleet, I am pleased to put my voice to this official record of this day. Everything's under control. End log. James L. Conway does a fantastic job in this episode, in my opinion, who directed it. I think it's really elegantly directed. I think the visuals are really cool, but I think the thing I kept noticing the most because it's such a, you know, uh, you know, for DS9, a very interestingly structured episode is that when you drift to the past or you drift into different sequences, there's always an interesting or sort of elegant, you know, kind of like a camera move from the walkway down to the, you know, and then you're suddenly in the past. It's just, it does a lot of interesting things. Um, wonder if he's related to Tim Conway. And I think it's probably where he learned it. Yeah. I wonder if he also directed um, with his legs half in the floor. <laughs> Dorf, Dorf on golf. Yeah. Dorf on track. Dorf on track. Yeah. I think he was, I think that's where he learned all of his tricks. He's and, constantly, uh, you know, what's funny is when he's, uh, when he goes real stiff and falls over, that's very funny. Right. And I think Tim Conway probably always had to stay in character, but he would say, I want this to uh, have a kind of a uh, an elegant feel to it. And uh, I don't know if that's anywhere close to Dorf. It's been it's interesting that you like years since I've seen it. You sort of, you sort of Germany, right? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Midwest deep 
Midwest. German. Oh, was it Midwest? Oh, oh like I a see. Deep, like like a, it's like a Minnesotan German. I got it. I got it. Entrance. You stay flat against the wall. Huh? It's a puzzle to lock seal. I can get it to release in 25 seconds. 25 seconds? But somebody will see us. Let me do it. You. <laughs> There's some great uh, ROM line reads in this episode. I was going to say this is... Oh, 100%. I was going to say this is this is the first episode where I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see why people are all over ROM and, and think ROM's so great. Because this is the, the first patterns. one where I feel like... This is a good pattern. It's fantastic patter. The actor really is locking into his character. Like, there's fantastically effective comedic line readings in this. And they also are making him competent. Like, he's doing yes. this thing with the, the lockpicking. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> We'd be at it all night. All night? Mm. Mm. No. Only about 10 seconds. How would you get a pulse to lock seal to release in 10 seconds? You have one on the storeroom door. So? Sometimes, when you forget to leave me the desealer, I have to get the storeroom open. You've unsealed the storeroom without my knowledge? Only to serve a customer's needs. In 10 seconds. You forget fairly often. 10 seconds. We'll see how you handle the desealing rod. That's all right. I have my own. What? Nog made it for me. Boy's always been clever with his hands. I struggle with Nog. He's skilled, Time too. this, brother. You'll be very proud. There. You see? So, like, the quark Dave, immediately turns on him. You've been stealing from me. Brother, I never... Tomorrow morning, I'm changing my entire lock system. Four in. Five up. Here. It's behind this one. Keep an eye on the promenade while I burn off the panel. The glare could attract attention. I have a better idea. A better idea? I took the liberty of bringing along a small vial of magnesite drops. Magnesite drops? What are magnesite drops? A compound that will eat through duranium. One on each corner, and the panel will fall off. How do you know that? When you were in the gamma quadrant overnight, we did very good business. Naturally, I had to keep your profits safe. But you had the only key to the latinum floor vault. You got into my latinum floor vault? With that? So I like all this. I like the details. It's very slow. I didn't want to tell you because then you'd know I burned off your floor planes. But I replaced them out of my own salary, brother. My vault. Should I take it out for you? Don't touch it. Don't you touch anything. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> um... I do like that uh, when Quark knows he's gonna get killed, like gonna get shot. He's like that. He's just resigned to it. This is like, yeah, all right. This is how I it goes. I, yeah, this this was yeah, this was inevitable. This is kind of his vibe. Well, if you really want a drink, she sang it, didn't she? She knew you couldn't resist opening it. Sorry. Yeah, me too. I really like it. I agree. So he has yep. one of those blast, physical blast phasers. I guess he says it's later. It's a compressed tetrion beam weapon. But what is that? 
you know, it's like a movie shotgun. <laughs> Weapon, I am waiting for an answer. Whatever it was, had to get by the scanner. Maybe, uh, maybe he flies back weapon. because, okay, okay, uh, he's, um, he jumps back. He's like trying to, he's trying to outrun the, the beam. <laughs> the beam. Sure. Yeah, that's probably it. Look what I'm seeing. Get the stimulator over here. Doctor. Thoracic cavity rupture. Extensive neural trauma. Now. Rom says it was a robbery. Was anything taken? He says he doesn't know, but he knows. Security's stopping everyone at the airlocks. But it took them five minutes to get into position. The assailant may already be on a ship. Delay all outgoing vessels as long as you can. Advise their respective security details. We've got to get him to the surgery. Help me get him up here. Yeah, but I got Easy him. now. Slide in. There. All right. Watch his head. He's dying, isn't he? He's dying. What am I going to do if my brother dies? Do? Oh, you'll have a lot to do once this place is yours. But if he dies... Mine? Wives serve. Brothers <laughs> inherit. Rule of acquisition number 139, if I'm not mistaken. I hadn't thought of that. Really? I had. Because it's a solid motive for murder. Yes, actually. I have heard of a few untimely deaths that seemed... Wait a minute. You're not suggesting that I... I've had my eye on you for a long time, Rom. You're not as stupid as you look. I am too. I would never... <laughs> comfortable. It's a fantastic line read. I hardly Stay think... out of this, Commander. I know these Ferengi. They'd sell their own flesh and blood for a Cardassian groat. Odo, he's a family friend. His son is very close to my boy. Well, you'd better tell his son that Dad's going to the lunar prison on Meldra 1. 200 degrees in the shade. I didn't! It's not true! Oh! Irony of ironies! I finally get the bar, and I'm falsely accused of my brother's murder! Rum. As a friend, if you know anything that might be helpful, I think you should tell us. Now, Cisco is doing an active good cop, bad cop here, right? Uh, I guess, I guess so. I didn't really I, even think with, about it. With the first thing he says, I was like, oh, no, I think he's just standing by Rom because of, uh, of Jake. Uh, but then when he puts his arm around him, I feel like he's leaning more into, come on, give us the deal. <laughs> by the well, way, uh, the, the heat is on at that point, you know? Sure, I mean, they, they got their case, and, you know, they got to... I mean, Odo's got to... He's got to get the collar on this one, so uh, it's important for him. He's got to get the collar. <laughs> um, by the he's way... He's not uh, making lieutenant if he doesn't. No, yeah, he's going to... He's got he's to answer to the brass upstairs. They're always, they're always getting in the way of him oh, uh, cracking the case, doing what he's got to do. Um, he mentions the... Cardassian groat, by the way, which is made up word, word some people know. Anything. I tried so hard to earn Quark's trust. Now he's dead, and I can never earn his trust. Just his share of the profits. <laughs> I swear I don't know who hired him. All I know is that the box had been hidden years ago. How many years ago? I'm not sure. When the Cardassians were here, when the ship's store used to be the chemist shop. The chemist shop? That's right. Here? This is where you found the box? Behind a duranium wall panel. I'll show you which one. Do you want me to open it? I can do it in ten seconds. I'm in the middle of a flashback. I've got to think for a minute. <laughs> uh, let me pitch this. 
because it's kind of a slow episode and it has no good cold open. I feel like, for, and also I love they go into the past and it's a different design and the lighting is different. It's just so cool. Like immediately when I saw, oh my God, they're going into exactly the the area of time that I have questions about of like, why is why would they allow Odo to work both for the Cardassians and for for the Federation? And they're getting into it. It's great. Um, all that being said, I think you start the episode with the murder. There's a bunch of Cardassians around. We realize we're on DS9. We're like, what the hell's going on? And then uh, Gold Ducat says, uh, all right, bring him in. And then Odo enters... And that's your cold open. Just like, what the hell's going on? And then when you come back, I think you go right into Odo in the present doing his detective voiceover. And, you know, you're off and running. We're not going to get the setup with the lady, the dame. (laughs) I think that's told in in, in, uh, your radio that it. It's in retrospect. Frankly, even if you came back and then you went into Quark, I would already be teased and wondering what that opening scene was. And then mm. you could come back to this part when he's thinking back in the past and you just cut to when Gul Dukat basically hires him. Mm. Effective. Better. Probably. You asked to see me. Yes. Yes, please, come in. I'm Gul Dukat. We've met before. Have we? I wouldn't expect you to remember. I was one of the guests at the reception at the Bajoran Center for Science. It must have been two years ago. Ah, yes, when the Cardassian High Command was invited to view me. (laughs) You were very amusing that night. Was I? Yes. You did a Cardassian neck trick, brought the house down. The Bajoran scientist who worked with me thought you might find it entertaining. He made me practice for weeks on the... Cardassian neck trick. All right. What is it, Andy? Tell me what the Cardassian neck trick might be. I mean, I assume it's just he makes his neck look like their neck. I, I, here's what I think. I think he turns into a giant neck. <laughs> just a giant stump. Just neck. the neck. Just the neck. <laughs> no head. No head whatsoever. Or it could be that oh, it's right. like it's a Cardassian head with the Cardassian neck, and then the head sort of elongates like a snake. No, no. mine. It's it's mine. It's okay. the big one. He becomes yeah. a big one, and then and all the other Cardassians can like step behind him and take a photo with their head peeking <laughs> up above his giant neck. They definitely would have been taking photos. That's for sure. <laughs> Provide a more valuable service for the Cardassian Empire. I have to put this on my Instagram. I've stayed informed about you, Odo. Ever since you walked out on your Bajoran keepers, I simply felt I could learn more outside a laboratory. Yes, you've become quite the student of humanoid nature, haven't you? Humanoid nature is fine. Just what is it you need, Galdukat? Have you ever seen a dead man before? Yes. In your minds. Oh, those are casualties. (laughs) Fucking. This. What a beautiful. Just like, just the nuance of that line. Just the spin. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Is murder. And I've decided you're going to investigate it. Me? Why me? I'm no investigator. Ah, but I suspect you'd make a good one. 
shape-shifting your way into places the rest of us can't go? I have no intention of being a Cardassian agent. Not an agent. An investigator. There's a difference. We can't have these Bajorans running around murdering each other, now can we? I'm talking about order here, justice. There's very little justice in the Cardassian occupation of Bajor. Don't push me, Odo. My superiors would have me solve this murder by rounding up ten Bajorans at random and executing them. I'm hoping you'll give me a better alternative. Okay. So, I think this is... It's very, it's very great explanation of why Odo would work with them. Like that thing of like, well, we're just going to execute a bunch of people at random. So if you want to stop that, that's reasonable. Um, as always, it's a little bit confusing how much power the average Bajoran or Odo even have in this situation. It's clearly a completely oppressive system. So in that scenario, wh- why can he say anything of that's anti-Cardassian to this guy? I mean, they at least address it by having Gul Dukat say, don't push me, Odo. But it still seems mm-hmm. like, would they say anything? It seems like they're killing people at random. They're enslaving people. They're like, and this goes back to the question of like, well, how close to the Nazis really are they? And I understand that they're like a mixture of different oppressive regimes over time but um so i don't know Hmm. but i like that they're i love that they're fucking getting into it and addressing it um and i will also say fucking rene abergenois is that how you say it anywhere close yeah his performance I remember the first time I saw one of the things that bumped me about the pilot was I thought it was like, oh, this is a real broad performance and I'm not buying him as a badass and blah, blah, blah. I've really grown to love this performance. And I would say, what an actor this guy is. Because I think it's based on just, he knows the backstory of this character now. Um, To come into this episode and just his physicalization is adjusted he is less confident he's more withdrawn into himself you can see it just how he stands and how he speaks and he's the same odo he's sort of defiant and strong but he's not as comfortable around people because it's right. 5 years ago and he hasn't been the constable yet and he's it's not just, sure about his outfit that he more he made on himself it is also a kind of a perfect, uh, even more restrictive and drab outfit, somehow. <laughs> I mean, food, blankets, everyday sorts of things, they come to you. I suppose I'm considered a neutral observer. Of course, you're not one of them. And for that, you should be thankful. So, here's one more petty dispute. Only this time. I'm bringing it to you. Find the murderer. Are there any witnesses? 
Um, it's interesting. I, I kind of wish they had gone with the pilot makeup on him. The pilot the makeup? Scene. Yeah. You know, he's got a little more wrinkles on his forehead. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah that would have been... That would have been fun to do. I mean, and frankly, I also, I also wonder if they should have made him even further from human. Like he's he's still working on it. Understand? Mm. What's that? Mister Vatrick was found dead two hours ago. Mrs. Vatrick hasn't shed a tear. What makes you think? By necessity, I'm an observer, Mrs. Vatrick. When a humanoid cries, the epidermis below the eyes swells noticeably. Your epidermis is perfectly normal. I love this shit. I've been too angry to cry. I, I, the shock. Of course. This is what I'm always looking for in the Tuvok episodes and these episodes. Like, him being a great detective. Ironically, though, not finding the murderer. He was led astray. You know, sometimes this will happen. You know, it's it's a very low clearance rate for homicides, Matt. He got her in the end. <laughs> <laughs> he got his man, even if he didn't arrest her. Woman of the murder, I believe. Crockett, he confessed his Crockett might have let him go. Ago, but said it was over. And he when he broke it off first. with her, she killed him in a jealous rage. Something like that. Do you know her name? No, but I can point her out to you. Uh, so then we see that it's Kira in the past being pointed out I also think they handle this well um, because it fits organically with what we know and of course as in, in all the prequelizing we've been seeing lately in the Star Trek world it's always like this doesn't fucking add up and this adds up. This is like, oh, yeah, we don't know that much about their relationship prior to the show starting. This mm. seems to fit perfectly with what we know about their relationship today. And it allows us to move forward with this extra color color on it at the end, which is really adept writing. I really ought to be getting back to my bar. <laughs> He's not dead yet, Rom. They're not keeping him alive by artificial means, are they? My brother wouldn't want that. No, so he's clinging great. to life. Really all great on writing. His own. <laughs> Typical. All right, let's try again. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Clear your mind of everything in it. If there's anything there, breathe. Uh, so he gets the name. Sort of. Chesso. Call me day or night if you remember something else. Uh-huh. Anything? Chesso. Might be the first name on the list. Remember anyone from those days on the station with that name? No. But I wasn't here very long. So I recall. We never talked about it. We never had to. I would have been executed. You were innocent of the crime I was investigating. That wouldn't have mattered to the Cardassians. It mattered to me. Mm-hmm. You're a man named Vatrick. 
I think it's I at around you, eighteen. Him. We don't have to. We don't have to see it. But uh, he goes. Uh, and when he broke it off with her, she killed him in a jealous rage. And she says the uh, the recurring catchphrase, something like that. Is... <laughs> On the contrary, you were in love with him. No. But he was in love with you. No. Doesn't sound like much of a romance. You weren't having a romance. Then why would he tell his wife that you were? Secunda's well, not going to be interested him. in it. If you were having an affair, I promise you I'll find out about it. All you're going to find is that I've been here for two weeks. I met the man right after I arrived. He had Pirellian ginger tea. How he managed to get it, I don't know, but I happen to like ginger tea. We became friends. Maybe he was attracted to me. It never went anywhere. Why do you think Ducat wanted you on this investigation? I'm sure he had good reasons. Why not his own security people? No, but Joran would talk to them. I'd never stopped the Cardassians before. They have ways of getting their information. Something to think about. Where were you last night? I was at the bar. I heard the Ferengi are allowed to hire some Bajorans for dog work. It's better than the mines. You haven't spent any time in the mines. How do you know? Your hands. And counting money all your life. <laughs> Remember that from John? That's right. I don't need this working class hero shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why would your husband have hidden a list of Bajoran names? I so is he toying with her in the scene? Sure I thought he was, but then he's not looking at her, but then I remembered he doesn't have real eyes, so he probably can see her. <laughs> he's just looking at her the whole time. Yeah. That's another great detective trick. <laughs> no. Maybe the Cardassians put it there before they left. Someone on Bajor told Quark where to find it. I wish I could help. I sort of like that little Ferengi. Oh, don't write his eulogy yet. He's still with us. I thought you said... He was shot at point-blank range. The Federation doctor saved his life. Apparently, it lessened the, uh, the blow because the he jumped backwards so very hard mean. when he was shot. He nearly outran the beam. <laughs> Um, it doesn't really matter, I but the, uh, so. 1933, there's a, there's this casual lizard extra passing by. <laughs> sure. That's very elaborate makeup that really made me start to think about how much makeup is on people who are these poor extras that are just fucking just walking by and it's probably hard to see and hit your marks. And then you got ADs yelling at you like, no, you got to clear it this way. And. You got a fucking big giant lizard head on you. That's right. Yet you were able I'm to transfer funds. I can't. I can't see that guy. Well, t- just just circle around Odo when he walks by. That's what I keep doing. I keep walking in a straight line. All right. Well, just do it a little faster. Also, what's my cue again? Your cue is lizard. Go. Okay, I'll just wait for you. Lizard, go. Let's fuck you again. <laughs> of course. Hmm. 
I'm like <laughs> she yes, you sound power, flummoxed. Her, her power gets turned off, right? She can't afford to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she has money. Because of the list? I guess she's blackmailing them. That she'll reveal that they were collaborating. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, that's, that, that makes more sense than my head. I'm more confused. We, I don't know. We can address it now or we can address it later. I'm more confused by the Gold Ducat side of it. But I guess we can talk about it when we get to it. Security log supplemental. The Ferengi holds on to life like it's gold-pressed Latin. Maybe he just doesn't want his brother to get the bar. Or maybe he knows he's the only real witness I have. The next several hours will tell the whole story. We've done everything we can for him. I'll keep you updated. Got some good news and some bad news. I think I found Archesso. Who is he? A German mining engineer. He's been very active in charity work for the war orphans. What makes you think he's our man? Some connections from my past suggested he might be. His work brought him to the station a lot. The bad news is he's dead. Drowned in a pond on his property last night. <sighs> I'm responsible. Oh. I mentioned the name Chesso to the Vatric woman. If she recognized it as Cesaro and thought that he might lead us to her. Oh, so she to the infirmary. Had him killed because she was afraid that Odo was going to get the truth about her. Who's, who's the she? Uh, uh, the the widow. Kira? No. No, the, the widow. widow. The woman. The other the other Bajoran woman. The the one in the beginning. I assume so. I assume that's what's happening, yeah. So, but the other people she was trying to blackmail. I think she had already blackmailed him. And then she killed him when Odo found out his name? Yes. Okay. I assume because he had been blackmailed. Right. And was then, where he was, she was worried he was going to implicate her in the... Before we get too far from it, there's a, at 2319-ish, there are some Bajoran kids in the present running around. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's another lizard guy or species. And then they go into the past, and there are some Bajoran kids that look kind of the same that are like at the fence looking yeah, all waiting oppressed. waiting for their dad to come home, yeah. Are those supposed, supposed to be to the same the kids? Dichotomy of the, no. It's supposed to be different kids. Yeah, it's supposed similar. to show you what life gotcha. is like on the station now. Because I was going to be like, versus. that's five years later. They should be much older. Maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Or the maybe Bajorans age very home. slowly. Is it a theory? Yeah. I mean, it's not a very interesting the past theory. 52 hours. And have the central bank keep a supervisor on duty all night. I'll need several bank records as well. Whose? I don't know yet. I want round-the-clock armed security on Quark. No visitors. Yes, sir. <laughs> Stop by one of the horror suites. Two programs for the price of one. Oh, this is great. The meeting of Quark and Odo for the first time. The only thing, I do like it. 
My only thing is, doesn't it seem like, I understand they explain it as just like, well, he doesn't like drinking, so he wouldn't have gone in. But wouldn't he have heard about Quark on DS9? Heard about Quark. Isn't Quark kind of infamous if he's been there two years? Well, yeah, I suppose. Although he has no need for anything that Quark sells. Yeah, I guess. Although I guess if he's ob- observing. I don't know. I'm looking for the proprietor of this establishment. Does he owe you money? No. Are you here to arrest him? No. Then you found him. Quark. At your service. First drink on the house. An old dreadful Cardassian tradition. What do you have? I don't drink. A soft drink, then. The Quark drink. Is in kind of. He's a more buoyant character in the past, and I wonder if it's because he can get away with so much more with the Cardassians. It's like more profitable. Oh, there's probably something to that. <laughs> like to ask you a few questions about the death of the Bajoran chemist. Wait a minute. You're the shapeshifter. You're the one who's working for Ducat. I'm not working for Ducat. I'm just trying to solve a murder. Now, I've heard about you. You do some Cardassian neck trick, am I right? Great. Not you make yourself into a giant neck. I'm ch- Big photo op happens. Cardassians <laughs> love it. How long was she here? Long enough. Long enough for what? Oh, you know. No, I don't. Why don't you tell me? She was showing me her... Uh, initiative. Is that some sort of sexual reference? These jobs are hard to come by. Her credentials were, um... Very impressive. Hey, listen, listen here. What's the problem? The problem is you're lying. You come all wrong. I want the truth. Otherwise, I'll just turn you over to Ducat, and he can get it for me. Okay, fine. I didn't realize we were dealing with a murder here. She didn't pay me enough for that anyway. She paid you for an alibi. I wonder how Gull Ducat will react when I tell him about that. I'm sure it'll cost me a case of Kardashian ale. Two cases, at the very least. A broken alibi. That sounds like progress. Is there someone you want me to arrest? Not yet. But soon. I need a name, Odo. You'll get your name when I'm certain it's the right name. Listen to the way he speaks to me, Quark. You're not afraid of anyone, are you, shapeshifter? Not even me. I, I was that sort of addresses right my you. issue earlier. You are the man for this job. Listen, uh, I feel... He's kind of What's... not afraid of anybody, kind of, because he's a shapeshifter? I mean, you, you can turn into a glass. Once you can do that... <laughs> well, what, do have, what do you have to fear? As you all know, he doesn't use his superpowers uh, far enough for my taste. But, uh... Ballist. You found it. No, I assembled it from the Vatric woman's communication records. She's been talking to each of these people a lot. Odd thing is, she'd never talked to any of them until two days ago. When the list was stolen. 
Interestingly, every one of them has transferred exactly 100,000 Bajoran liters into her bank account within the last 26 hours. Blackmail? Blackmail. What did they have to hide? For one thing, that they'd come out of the occupation with that kind of money. You think they were working with the Cardassians? Selling out their own world for a profit. You know that there was a scene in the third act that was mm-hmm. cut that revealed where, that Pal Where he, he shapeshifted into a giant neck? No, I wish that was in there, but it revealed that Palra was having an affair with Ducat. Pal, the, the Bajoran lady? Yeah. Whoa. That actually, okay, so then that would have, well, this is my thing, so let's address this. I don't, I, I get in sort of a vague way they're saying, oh, he brought in Odo because Odo will investigate this um, and then but uh, like it's sort of the idea is he's distancing himself from these people being collaborators right these mm-hmm. so he doesn't want to be you know he doesn't want it outed I guess so that he can keep his collaborators his inside snitches I just don't it's very vague it's like what what is the what's the why put Odo in this position? Like, couldn't Odo have just as easily have revealed that they were collaborators? Hmm. And, and I especially don't understand why he would keep him as constable. Like, why they would keep him as constable. I guess it's sort of a... Because it takes a, sort of something off Galducat's plate. But isn't it just, you know, it's a police state, isn't You don't want the police state, pe- people in, a, in authority in police state don't want their police duties taken off their plate. I feel like Galducat is having a great time. <laughs> Michael Piller said, the greatest regret I have about that show is that I allowed Rick to take the scene out that would have made it really better. The scene where Odo, there was a scene where Odo, having just talked to Kira, was going to see Palra. And he sees Ducat coming out of her room, and he kisses her goodbye, indicating that they had just had sex. When Ducat walks away, we go around the corner where Odo was, and there's now a picture frame that is crooked. Gul Ducat straightens it and walks on. And then Odo goes to see Palra. If we had left that in, that would suggest that Gul Ducat, a red herring, might have also been involved in the murder... And there was reason uh, and was involved in covering it up somehow. That would have been an interesting additional element for people to be thinking about during the course of the show. I've never been as sorry about cutting something out as I felt about that. I wonder what him adjusting the picture frame, the significance of that is. Or was that behind that where the list was kept? No. Oh, I think it was probably like, you know, my guess is Odo... Odo became the picture, like turned into the picture frame. <laughs> Is that what it suggested? That's my guess. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean that would have been interesting color. I don't. That doesn't help me with my problem about Ducat. Collaborators. Not even a Ferengi would do that. It explains a lot of things. Do you have enough to charge her? Not yet, but I'd like to bring her in for questioning. With your permission, I'll ask the Bajoran authorities to transport her here. (laughs) 
That's good to part. Mm, no, you're not nearly as threatening. <laughs> well, the guy does get killed immediately. Me <laughs> a killer. Where were you when he was murdered? Asleep. Alone. No one saw you in the community quarters? I wasn't there. I found a small corner and... You're lying. I... Don't bother. Your whole face changes. I should have seen it before. You don't lie well. Thanks. So why don't you start telling the truth? Whose side are you going to be on, Constable? So then I guess we I'm discover not he's not good game. at reading faces. And I tell you the truth, you'll have to choose. No, no. That's why I was given this job. That's why all of you always come to me with problems. I'm the outsider. I'm on no one's side. All I'm interested in is justice. If you're innocent, you'll go free. If not, I'll turn you over to Cardassian authorities. That's the only choice here. I didn't kill him. When he was killed, I was on level 21. 21? Straight out lying to him now. Check the Cardassian security logs. See a breach on 21 last night. Odo saw what he wanted to see. Just like I'm in the, the Bajoran underground. I came here to commit acts of sabotage against the Cardassians last night. I sabotage. succeeded. I feel like she leaned into it a little bit for Shatner. <laughs> oh, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Um. You can go. If you're lying, shapeshifter, if you know as much about me as you say you do, go to Kart, you know I don't lie. I am convinced that she did not kill Vatrick. She turned to me. She made him into a liar. Hmm. Well, made him- no, if he truly believes it, if he's truly convinced. I guess that's true. Then he's not lying. But he, she made him do a bad job for his Cardassian boss. He's never going to make Lieutenant this way. <laughs> of course. That guy was fucking so ready to put those flowers in water. <laughs> I thought it was like such a weird delivery. Of course. <laughs> no visitors. Can you put these in water? I'd love to. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to be a floor. So- oh! <laughs> <laughs> Too late for visitors. I'm sorry, sir. No visitors are permitted here. Then perhaps you could just put these in water for him. Of course. (laughs) Interesting that he goes about it like, I'm going to suffocate him with a pillow. Yeah, not very effective. It's got to be a better way to kill people in the future. It's over, Rom. Over. You're a hero. I am? You saved your brother's life. Love the girlish scream. Really funny. That's <laughs> the Ferengi scream. That's what they do. Oh, oh, is that what they always do? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's indicate that you made several calls to his home and received several as well. You also transferred a large sum of money into his account two days ago. I want to confer with my advocate. Certainly. I'll make arrangements for you to speak with him. Meantime, the two of you can introduce yourselves to one another. 
Don't you throw your hand off or I'll kill you just like I killed your husband. I mean, uh... You will never be able to prove that I killed my husband. Because I didn't. I know. He's gonna so put her is, away for tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> what is his reasoning here? Because because of the Chizo thing? Here, let him say it. Chizo. <laughs> Chizo. Nagus. When did you realize? The possibility occurred to me when you got the name Chisaro so quickly. Your friends from the underground must have already suspected him of being a collaborator. Once I knew the eight names were a list of collaborators, the murder of Vatric made sense for the first time. He must have been a collaborator too. He had the money for ginger tea. At the private quarters. I'd never had a motive for his murder until now. He kept his wife in relative luxury. She surely wouldn't have killed him. So who would kill a Cardassian collaborator? Someone in the Bajoran underground, of course. A colleague of mine was given the job of sabotaging the ore processor. That trick was my responsibility. You were here to execute him? No. I was here to find the list. The names of the Bajorans who were selling us out. We'd been informed that Vatric was our direct link to Dukat. That must have been why Dukat chose me to investigate. He had to stay as far away from this incident as he could so as not to endanger his network of Bajoran sympathizers. Obviously, I never found the list. But that's what I was looking for in his shop when Patrick walked in on me. I didn't have a choice. It's also... I misjudged you, Major. Her thing is kind of like, I didn't, I wasn't going to execute him. I just, he walked in on me and I had to kill him. So I like that they just have that she did kill him. That's pretty, that's pretty badass. However, I don't know. Is someone in the Bajoran resistance really going to be like, I would never kill a collaborator unless I had no choice. Sort of seems like she would kill him. Yeah. So it's like, she would be a murderer. Like, there, she's sort of splitting hairs here, like saying, I didn't intend to kill him. You were I right agree. to let me go. Yeah. Yeah. You were a better liar than I gave you credit for. You were working for the Cardassians. I haven't been for more than a year. You've had all that time to tell me the truth. I tried to tell you the truth a hundred times. hundred? What you think of me matters a lot. I was afraid. That it might affect our friendship. Maybe it doesn't have to. 
you ever be able to trust me in the same way again? I love that there's no answer to this and they just yes. the episode. <laughs> it's poorly dubbed in. By somebody this is too much of a downer. Bring in yes. Renee. <laughs> it's the guy who uh, put in the um, the trumpets in the Voyager episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is a downer. I want to add something. Yes. <laughs> of course I trust you. Huh, I don't remember it ending this way. Huh. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Narice? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian Bashir and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and more. What is not MVC? Well, I guess Odo figures it out in the end. Huh? It's Rom. Mm-hmm. He saves his brother. Yeah. Sets the whole story in motion. He he picks the lock. Although that's he not helping anybody. It's helping Odo close this chapter in his life. <laughs> Odo fails to find the real murderer the first time around. How did he stay constable if he didn't find the murderer? The first time around for the Cardassians. He probably gave... Ducata name uh-huh. that was not anyone that could be like maybe a dead person. <laughs> it's like maybe they explain more in future episodes, but I'd like to know more. I don't feel like I have my answers about why the Cardassians let you him. don't deserve answers. <laughs> Seems kind of harsh. I mean, this show has it really doesn't owe you anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong. Okay. I'm watching it and I'm trying to enjoy it. It owes me a lot. I want to give it to Rom. Cisco is a good good cop, bad cop. What is yeah. your reasoning of giving it to Rom? He's very funny. <laughs> he's the most valuable cast member. He's yeah, look. I think he he saves he saves Quark at the end because it's not like who cares if they find the murderer. Do you know what I mean? It's about mm. there's no murderer now. Uh huh. Because because Rom saved him. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess I'd give it to Odo just because Odo eventually figured out that it was Kira, although I don't know how valuable he is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's not getting it. Yeah. The fucking old Green Thumb, the Bajoran constable. The guy who desperately wants to put every flower in water. He's not getting it. <laughs> what about Bashir? Bashir saves Quark. Yeah, but, oh, but Rom really saves Quark, you know? I'm going to give it to Bashir. I think Bashir did his job straight. I think that Odo kind of did his job. Uh, Okay, I'm giving it to Ron. You can give it to whoever you want. There you go. Who are you giving it to? I'm giving it to Bashir. Wow. Twist. Guy's got three lines in it. Gets the fucking MVC. He did his job. That is bullshit. Also, Bashir... You know who else did their job? Dax. You know, but yeah, but you don't really see it. Uh, but you know, the other thing is Bashir. I noticed had uh, 
he's been, had really quaffed high uh, kind of fluffy hair lately. And in this episode, it's all sort of greasy and flat. And I'm wondering if it's just because, well, now he's being a serious doctor and there's serious things to do. He doesn't have time to quaff his hair up. Mm, he has time. It's just an oversight. Hmm. Uh, the Andes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did I miss my cue? No one said go, lizard. <laughs> yes, I said lizard go. Sorry, I said sorry, it. I'm sorry, I was waiting for go lizard. Sorry. All right. Sorry. We're going to do it again. Everybody back to one. Okay. All right. Should I, Action. Should I, should I say anything? When I walk Go past? lizard. What's happening? Why aren't you? Well, no, don't. You answer... No, you got to answer. My... I... Should I say anything? Don't say like... anything. Just like, walk what in. A... Wait, listen. What if I said, "What a lizardy day"? But we don't need anything. We just need you to just walk past, and there's your just nice color in the what background. If like, what if I was like, "Hey, I gotta get to work. I'm late." Lizate? Is that what you mean? <laughs> and that's real stories from people who think they're the center of whatever scene it is they're in. <laughs> <laughs> you can learn. You can learn lizard acting in the Andy Skinner School specific acting. That's a whole. Yeah, it's very good. Like acting through prosthetics. It's, yeah. it's, it takes a lot. Boop 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 boop. How many Andy's does this episode get? I really liked it. I think it started really slow, but I love when they go back to the past and the lighting's different and it's really coolly shot and the performances, particularly of of uh, Renee in the past, are fantastic. Gold Ducat's great. It's a really solid uh, detective story. Usually these detective stories are total bullshit. They're like, look, we're doing a detective story in Star Trek. And it's like, sort of. This one was really cool. And there's a lot of ambiguity and ambivalence. And as I said, it's a prequel, but it highlights something about the characters that they have to deal with in the present. It's really nicely done. Um, so it's either an 8.5 or a 9. I'm going to give it an 8.5 because it was kind of a slow start. Mm. It's really good character stuff in it. Um, from particularly, like Odo is just interesting, you know? Whenever they fill in any of his backstory, it's fascinating. Yes. And he plays um, it well. I don't think I've heard people talk about this episode in particular. <laughs> No, they haven't, which is why I have to give it an eight. No one's talked about it. <laughs> Seems like an unfair system of judgment. Yep. Got to get an eight. <laughs> More of you guys have talked about it to get a higher grade. So, thank you. By the way, Nana Visitor uses a hard J in her Bajor this week. Nana. Nana. Nope, see, I did this hit wrong again. <laughs> I was complaining about her pronunciation. That's not on you. That's it. not on you, because it's like... That's her. That's, That's an annoying way to pronounce N A N A. No, no, come on. Okay. Uh, all right. We got to. Oh, gonna last thing. Oh no, more things. Yes. Because you're about to beam us out. Mm-hmm. Why are they carrying Quark away on a stretcher? <laughs> Why don't they beam him, him somewhere? Yeah. 
Yeah, why don't they beam him to sick bay? Because he's stabilized now, so <laughs> they can move him. It's dumb. This is Gage. We're done. We're done for the day. Oh, did I do it again, John? We're honestly, we're gonna have to cut around you. If you need me the rest of the week, I'm open. We're not gonna need you. Okay. Go, lizard. (laughs) Bye, everyone.